Are you curious about design thinking, but you don't know where to start? Then you're in the right space. Welcome to the Beginner's Guide to Design Thinking in A to Z, a year-long series of bite-sized real-life examples, do's and don'ts, tried and tested go-to techniques to help get you started. I'm Tracy Sharp, a former design engineering director turned mentor and coach that uses design thinking principles to help others design a new life with purpose. And I'm Lucy Patterson, a workshop facilitator and business trainer who uses design thinking to help organisations solve problems and make better business decisions. We're two Northern lasses with a passion for design thinking for your business, for your projects and for your life. So Tracy, I hear you want to tell us a story. Yeah. So, so I want you to picture a scenario. So I'd gone to a, a hotel in Slovenia during the New Year break, like early this year in January. And I took time to pick a hotel that was reasonably priced, but also appeared to have this like kind of like new and cool kind of like aesthetic. And my partner and I arrived and it all seemed really cool and really charming. But over a period of time we were there, I started to notice more and more things about the place. So like, for example, when I used the bathroom, the shape and the handle of the door combined with the fact that there was a magnet in there, meant that I ended up trapping my finger in the door. And then when I went for a shower, so the shower head had this really kind of cool aesthetic of like a brush like that you would use for, like, for horses. So it was like a totally stables horsey theme because in that area in Slovenia, it's very, very famous for horses. And, but when I actually put the shower head, so it didn't actually have like a stock that you would hold, it had like a kind of band on the back. So when I actually put the band on the back onto the hook that held it on the wall, it held it in such an awkward angle that the water pressure was completely off and really low. And then when I actually hung up my towel in the position on the hook behind me, that it actually put a load of water from the shower head directly onto my towel, making it wet. And then I couldn't find a hairdryer. It was like tucked away in a kind of like nonsensical place, totally unseen. I had to phone reception to try and find a ha the, the hairdryer. And then I was using the tap, the, the, using the, the sink in the, the bathroom, and the tap was on the left-hand side of the sink. It meant that it was kind of like awkward to operate as a right-handed person. And I ended up like splashing water everywhere because instead of turning the tap off, I ended up turning it more on because it just wasn't really intuitive for me to use. And the, it had this kind of like industrial chic kind of feel to it. And so there was these like hanging bulbs everywhere, but they weren't very bright. And so like I struggled to actually see what I was doing when I was drying my hair. And then it was so dark that I couldn't figure out how to open the bin that was like underneath the sink. There was like a, it was a sliding lid. I was like pushing it. I was like trying to pull it up and nothing was happening. There was like no arrows on there for indication. And then when I thought like, oh God, this is getting really super annoying. And so I thought, right, okay, time to go to bed. So I hopped into bed, but then I scraped my leg on like a super sharp corner of the bed frame and like I bruised it for several several days. And it was like quite high. I'm quite a petite person, but it's like a quite a high bed frame. And then when I went to turn off the light to go to bed, there was no central light switch, but there was like 10 different bulbs hanging around the room and they all had to be turned off individually. And I was basically having to like, right, where's the light coming from? Where's the bulb switch it off? And so, as you can see, as a customer of this hotel who happens to have a background in design, it was abundantly clear that this room had been decorated, not designed. And it just felt like there was just no consideration whatsoever about what someone needed 
from that room to actually be able to use it effectively. And like this hotel experience was memorable for all the wrong reasons. And you might have guessed that I left quite the scathing review on booking.com. And the reason I share this story is because it illustrates my personal values and what I hold as important, which is the importance of using design and take it to its or to take it to its deepest le deepest level, which is creativity. And this also brings us to the topic of today's episode, which is S or storytelling. So, what came up for you in that story, Lucy? Well, I would like to know the name of the hotel so I can A, avoid it, and B, go and read your review. <laughs> scathing. Very scathing. Um, the other things that came up was that I could picture in my head what you had experienced as you were explaining it, and I was linking it to kind of past similar experiences that I'd have. Um, I was thinking about how much of a shame it is that such experiences still happen in this day and age when we know and we understand the need for a better, you know, fit for purpose and more accessible design. Mm. I didn't feel as though the hotel was clear on what they wanted their story to be when they decorated the rooms and they didn't sort of consider the story of or rather the journey, you know, the user experience um, of their customer. Your story seemed relevant to me because I could empathise with it. It was clear. It was your authentic experience and it included an element of conflict and resolution, um, at least resolution um, for you via, via a review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it allowed me to visualise the room and overall it was a pretty simple story that you told. So sure, there wasn't as much character development as I would expect, you know, from Disney or my latest mm -hmm. vision, but I got a sense of your emotions and your personality. I mean, what did you want to highlight within that story, Tracy? So, so I'm mostly, I kind of wanted to highlight that, that one, like I wanted to share the importance of design thinking in everyday life and in customer experiences and the importance of it. And two, that my day job and the way that I see the world, um, like sneaks into my day-to-day -day life as well. So what is important in your opinion about storytelling in design thinking? Absolutely everything <laughs> good storytelling increases your engagement makes your communication more memorable stories captivate they engage audiences they make complex ideas more accessible more memorable so when you're using storytelling to convey um sort of concepts and ideas and benefits that your business might provide a customer with it's easier for them to understand and connect with you and kind of see how it would work in their own lives um, in their own homes um, good storytelling, it, it builds empathy and understanding. So you're creating those emotional connections. So sort of discovering and telling these stories during the stages of design thinking means you can both understand the experiences and perspectives of customers, but you're also able to design more meaningful and user-centered solutions. Um, good storytelling helps you to frame a problem more effectively. Um, you know, you're, you're presenting a problem via a story and therefore you are really helping to clarify context, significance and the impact that it can have on a person or on a community. It makes it easier to then create a vision for the future. Um, you know, so illustrating how your service, your product, your solution will impact their users and address their needs, the benefits they've got. You're going to immediately rally support and kind of build excitement for, for your ideas and, and, you know, get people excited about what you've got coming. Good storytelling inspires creativity. 
we feel more inspired when we're provided with examples, with analogies, with anecdotes, with metaphors. And just like in your story at the start of the episode, I felt like I knew what you were talking about because I could link your experience to my own. And it's these kind of experiences that can then encourage us to sort of think outside the box and explore more innovative solutions. You're also going to be um, finding that within the design thinking um, stages that good storytelling is going to build empathy with your stakeholders. So when we communicate ideas through stories, people are more likely to connect with us emotionally. So it took me, I mean, I'm, I'm an interrupter anyway, we know that, <laughs> but it took me all of my might not to interrupt your story and tell you how much I understood why you were disappointed with your experience because I had increased empathy for your situation and because I was wanting to kind of say, oh yes, a similar thing happened to me when I stayed here, you know, I had a story of my own that was immediately there. So that good storytelling is kind of helping you both to learn and to improve. And you can use this within your business. You know, you, you use good storytelling to learn and to improve on an iterative basis. And regular listeners will know, anyone who follows me on LinkedIn will know, I don't believe that innovation has to be these kind of massive transformational moments. I actually believe that innovation can be just as beneficial, if not more so beneficial, when, um, you know, just as impactful when it happens in stages. And using stories can actually help you capture and share insights as you develop and grow. And you're kind of narrating the journey. You're including your failures and your successes. And you're helping people. You know, you're learning from past experiences, improving future iterations. And why not take your customer on that journey with you, should you so wish, you know? And finally, I mean, I think it brings user validation. So sharing stories with customers, feedback, testimonials, you know, it can really help other potential customers and those responsible for future improvements then get a better understanding of how you can help them and how you're refining things for the future. So it's not just creating a good pitch to your customers. It's creating a great pitch. Mm -hmm. Your customers get how they can be helped. Your investors see how many people you're kind of helping. And it means that that well-crafted narrative can actually persuade people to part with their money to buy your product or service, to invest in you for the future, and to believe in the potential impact that you have. And it's doing this because storytelling makes things memorable. So we've all heard the sort of the old adage, you know, facts tell, stories sell. And they really do because stories are way more memorable than facts or data alone. So if you think back to the adverts of your childhood, and I'm going to show my, my age here, <laughs> people are either going to know what I'm on about and start singing a little earworm in their minds, or they're going to be kind of like, this, this woman is crazy. <laughs> okay? So how many of you can actually remember what a Milky Way cost? Tracy, could you remember what a Milky Way cost, the, the chocolate bar a Milky Way cost? I, I remember at one point it was 13 pence when I was really young, but right. now I have, I have zero idea. But that was like maybe the, the individual one. Right. So yeah. you, you, you've essentially got a rough idea. Yeah. But if you're me, <laughs> and a little bit crazy, you can recite the words still to the Milky Way advert where the red car and the blue car had a race. The red car and the blue car had a race. <laughs> All red wants to do is stuff his face. <laughs> <laughs> he everything he sees anyway we're not going to carry on that my my uh, singing in, in, if, if nothing else will have people turned off but it's a great story 
Mm. And I still think of that advert whenever I see a Milky Way in a shop. And to be fair, the nostalgia of it has probably made me buy a Milky Way one, you know, every now and again anyway. So, I mean, overall, therefore, storytelling and design thinking, it's just allowing us to humanise a process, to really get under the skin of our audience, to communicate ideas way more effectively, to foster better collaboration and to drive innovation forward. And it's a crazy powerful tool that actually enhances the entire design thinking process from empathising and defining a problem right the way through to prototyping <clears throat> and then implementing the final solutions. Now, I feel as though I've just kind of come out of a, a bit of a monologue there <laughs> and I need to get the Milky Way song out of my head. <laughs> so, Tracy, change, let's change the subject. Stay with storytelling. But I mean, how do you use storytelling in the work that you do? Never wanted a Milky Way more in my whole life. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, I, yeah, I, I use storytelling quite a lot. Um, but so like, there, there's a great book um, called The Circle of the Nine Muses by David Hutchins. And there are four different types of stories, basically. Um, one is identity. It's like, what does it really mean to be us? Um, two is the vision, like, where are we going? Third is values, like how are we honouring our values? And four is like change and learning. So what did we do and what did we learn, even if it was considered a failure? Um, and so like in, in my coaching, I actually in my coaching, I rarely tell stories um, because it's not really about the coach. It's about the client. Um, but I often share stories in my mentoring. Um, and so I share stories to share like viewpoints, um, insights and lessons learned. And like I actually share my stories through speaking engagements as well. So um, and in my blog. So in order to connect with others, it's really about that connection. And it can be like it can be really vulnerable to do so. We just talked about vulnerability in our previous episode. Um, but stories are such an important part of humanity because we are able to then with these vulnerabilities, we're able to exchange knowledge and perspectives. And like I share my stories and a lot of them might seem quite obvious, but they might not always be said. Um, and like it's a bit taboo or like it shows signs of weakness. But in fact, it's by admitting those like weaknesses and I'm using like air quotes, like it, weaknesses and vulnerabilities that I become stronger because I've been able to join dots and I've been able to take positive action. And I'm then able to share those stories with other people as well. So it's all about re like reciprocal, basically. I, mean, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, and I know when I was kind of thinking about things that I might want to cover in storytelling, um, that my husband is a complete history buff. Mm. And he often says to me, the reason he likes history is because of the stories it contains. So he had, he remembers at school, having a, a teacher who was very much kind of, these are the dates, these things happened, you need to remember the dates, remember what happened. And then a um, like a student teacher came in and was very much kind of like, no, let's do this more around stories. And, you know, he still to this day says that if if stories had been used when I was doing my history GCSE, I would have done much better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Uh, like, I, but I like I, I didn't do I didn't do history at school. Like I did it for the first two years in high school and then I dropped it for geography because like you couldn't do both apparently. But what um what I've found in my um in my later years, because I, I love movies, I love TV shows and stuff, and it's because of the story. And what I've kind of found is that I was able to kind of reconnect with history because I I wanted to hear it from the perspective of story telling and there's a, a great um there's a great podcast um that i that i love and if 
he ever ever hears it, then we should be friends as well. Like, I'd like please, like <laughs> Tracy connects with others trying to be friends with cool people. Um, and it's called Half Arsed History, and and it's basically it's like a series of stories um, through history which are genuinely really funny. And I feel like it, it just like allows people to connect with it in a different level rather than like you have to learn about all this stuff in the Second World War if you don't get an A. It's a bit like, no, this is a really funny story about like the, the 1908 marathon and like the fact that one guy turned up with like regular dress shoes and a suit. <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. No, it's, it's exactly the same with my husband. He'll come up with random facts and little stories and I'm just like... No, all I could have told you is that that happened in 1966 because that's all I learned, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that even within business kind of and, and thinking about the way we sort of tell stories and share and connect with people now, like across social media, is that my experience of that is that when I share information about my work, OK, so how I can help you build and grow your business using design thinking principles, people read it, but they don't linger yeah. because, as we've already said, yeah. facts tell when I share stories of client achievements, um, you know, those testimonials, they engage, they can liken it to the situation, you know, that they're, that they're going through. So they understand what's possible when we work together. But when I share insights sort of into my, my world, if you like, whether it's business or life, then that's when they really engage because it's those human experiences that connect us. And I guess, you know, I, I, I kind of, I feel as though we could chat about storytelling for a long, long time, to be fair. Um, but I kind of feel as I want to wrap up um, this episode with a little bit of, of context and a couple of quotes. And one is from Philip Pullman, who is often considered one of the great storytellers of our time, who is the author of best-selling His Dark Materials and The Book of Dust. Um, and I'm not going to ask Philip Pullman to connect with me on LinkedIn. <laughs> but he said... After nourishment, <laughs> shelter and companionship, stories are the things we need most in the world. Yeah. If we then look at another quote from Richard Branson, so somebody who many people would consider to be one of the greatest entrepreneurs of our time, he then states that succeeding in business is all about making connections. So we've established that stories help us forge those connections so it makes sense we all then need to embrace storytelling as the powerful force for good, for growth, for purpose, for change that it can be. And that's when we'll see benefits to, to our businesses as well. So we're almost kind of sticking with the storytelling theme for next time, are we? Mm -hmm. Because next time we'll be, we'll be delving into Tea is for Tracy when our very own Tracy Sharp, um, she's not shy at all. If anyone's <laughs> not watching this on YouTube, just listening on Spotify, Tracy has her head in her hands and is hiding her face. She's not remotely shy, <laughs> but she was sharing her story. You see what I did there? <laughs> about her design thinking journey. So if you've got any questions, actually, that you'd like me to ask Tracy about oh. her experiences, or indeed, if you've got any other questions, queries, feel free to email them to designthinkingaz at gmail.com because we're always happy to answer them and to signpost you towards any of the resources that we mentioned during our podcast. So as ever, feel free to connect with myself, Tracy Sharp and Lucy, Lucy Patterson over on LinkedIn. We are always open to new connections and the interesting discussions they can generate. And any of the resources mentioned here will be included on our um, Amazon Associates page. And we'll be including a link for that in our episode blurb. So we will catch you next time. Bye.